meet with you.
Well, good morning. Oh, he took it home? Hey, David, we found it. Hey, it is good to see all your smiley faces. It's good to see your grumpy faces, too. Amen. Amen. You know, so, you know, some people like myself, if we're not consciously smiling, we look grumpy. You know, Kim. And so, I, I, so sometimes we have to be told, tell your face that you're saved. <laughs> Anyways, it is good to be together. Are you excited to be here this morning? Amen. Amen. Hey, and so we're getting this um. Well, it is, it is great to be here. It's exciting. And, and we have a guest this morning, too, going to share about what God is doing um, in, in different areas. I'm excited about that. So I guess it's just exciting to be here. Amen. Did everyone get your snacks and your coffee and things? And, and uh, if, you did get a, if you do have a cup, it's totally fine to have cups and coffee in here. We just ask that you uh, put, a, put a lid on it. And if you're talking too much, we ask you to put a lid on it. Um, <laughs> amen. Amen. So, who, who's bold and would like to open in prayer this morning? Don't always do this this way, but anyone feel inclined to pray? Uh, oh, oh, Ralph raised his hand. Oh. <laughs> he, he was, you got him to do it, didn't you? She waved at Ralph and he went like this, and I figured he wanted to pray. I'm just, we don't have to do that, but uh, amen. I'm going to, because I, I pick on Scott, he's in my life group. I know he'll pray for us. Anyways, God bless you. Did anyone have any damage this week from the, the wind and the rain? Nobody lost a house or anything, did they? It was pretty, pretty crazy. We lost a tree in the backyard, and we lost our front door. It blew right off the hinges and, and broke some bolts and things. And praise the Lord, we have Joe in the church, and Joe fixed it for us. Oh. Yeah. send somebody else. Nicole, would you go find my son, Sam, and tell him we need him? <laughs> We're just a family church here. We're so family, I'm going to spank him right in front of y'all. <laughs> Spare the rod. <laughs> together this morning to, to, you know, the truth is sometimes we come together to see each other. Yeah. It's part of it, isn't it? Yeah. We come together to fellowship, love each other, laugh, have snacks, and, 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 we, and we need to be here. But we also come to meet with the Lord. And if that's a foreign idea for you, that's okay. I want to encourage you that, that uh, in this time that we're singing and in the time of the preaching, that it's an opportunity to connect with, with God through His Holy Spirit. Uh, he wants to speak to us. He actually wants to visit and, and, and talk to us. He wants us to talk to him. So I want to encourage you as we sing that it would be more than just songs. 
if it would even help you not to sing, to concentrate on God, do that because we wanna we wanna meet with God. But uh, I think singing is is a wonderful wonderful way to do that. Uh, I forget who it was, but they said when you sing, you pray twice, and um, so I think it's a wonderful thing. So, but we're here to meet with Him, and all my music is out of order, so we'll try this. Um, so, and we already prayed, so let's meet with Him. Amen.
wine And open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine
You know, sometimes it's easy to be afraid. It's easy to watch the news and see what's happening in this country, in this nation, and go, God, what's happening? And, and begin to even get afraid. It's a, get afraid of the future, get afraid for our children or grandchildren. But we live in Christ, and we are part of another kingdom. And if God is for us, who can be against us? When people rise up against us, we know that our future is secure. Amen. Amen.
Surround us with your light, your love, and yours forever. Your love, oh, your love, and yours forever. Yes, your love, and yours Conceals it to bring us the coolness of night. 
Just quietly tell him that you love him this morning. God tells us in his word, you did not love me, but I loved you. And I called you. He tells us that he has written our names in the Lamb's book of life. Because he's loved us with an everlasting love. He loved us in that before, while we were still sinners, Jesus came and he died for us. To take away our sins and to make us righteousness, to make us righteous and clean and forgiven in his sight. He says that he knows us. He knows our coming and going. He knows the secret places of our heart and yet declares that he loves us the same. Father, this morning we thank you for that love and we don't deserve it, but we thank you. God, if there's anything separating me from you today, I ask that you'd forgive me. God, help me to make you once again Lord of my life. Put you on the throne where you belong. Give me the strength and the courage to walk away from anything that's hindering my, my walk with you. God, help me to come into right relationship with you. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Greet somebody before you're seated and love them.
Amen. Jesse's going to come and tell us what's happening here at the journey. Good job, All right. Well, good morning, Journey Church. How's everybody doing? <laughs> We're so excited to have you guys here with us. And if you're joining us for the first time, we would love to get connected with you. One way that you can do that is by filling out the connection cards that are in the front pockets of your seats, and then you can put that connection card in the tithe and offering boxes that are located in the back of the room. Um, I, oh, nope, don't do that. Um, I have a few announcements for us. So once again, if you're one like me that needs to write things down, pull out your pen and paper and let's get rid of it. Um, the first thing is, uh, we are looking for some additional people to sign up for snacks for each Sunday. Um, if you would like to bring a snack, um, the sign-up sheet is actually located on the wall above snacks. It's pretty convenient, right? And um, if there's a weekend that you'd like to bring something um, for us to all enjoy, we would really appreciate that. So you can sign up at the end of the hallway. The next thing, I'm going to go ahead and um, bring up Susie Hall. She's got an announcement. Do you want me to wait? You want me to come back to you? <laughs> it's like when the, wa the waitress comes at the restaurant, she always catches you with a mouthful, right? <laughs> so here's Susie. Girl, I can make my own announcement this year. <laughs> I said I would never stand in this corner. <laughs> yes, I, I'm making myself vulnerable. Um, I wanted to talk to you all, and it's great. We have a lot of people here today about the, the hands and feet ministry we have. Rob has always done uh, this, meeting people's needs. He's done it on his own through Facebook and everything. So all this is is trying to organize that for him. So, you know, we just sang about <laughs> how much we love Jesus. How do we show it? This is the best way. We had a family last week who lost a son and a brother, and um, we blessed them with meals. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't cure their grief, but just we went through a fire. So just knowing that people cared, that's really all people want to know. So um, I had two full pages in the past, but we've had got a lot of new people, and um, a lot of these people have moved away. So I'm going to pass the gift around again. Some of the things on here are meals, obviously. Um, rides is a big deal. We just had a need for a ride last week. House visits, snow removal, big. Doctor's appointments. This ministry is created 
for urgent needs those. So if you sign up for this, I'm not going to be telling you every week. Uh, what happens is I put you on a thread. So I'm not confronting you personally. I put you on a thread. I text everybody on that thread who says I can give rides. And then we um, usually somebody will, will step forward for that. So no pressure. Uh, so if you can sign up for any one or all of these needs, we would be most grateful. Um, I just, I'm putting my number on here, so if you need that, you can call me. Um, a current need that's not really our church, but would be a really wonderful thing to do for our community is Meals on Wheels is desperately looking for drivers. And um, that's a, a commitment that you make that's a weekly. It takes maybe an hour and a half at lunchtime to go around and give meals to the elderly. And also Rebecca Weaver needs someone to move some boxes for her. She has the flooring people coming in and she has boxes that need to be moved. Is that okay? Okay, so I'm gonna pass this around with a pen and feel free to sign or not sign, no pressure. Awesome, thank you, Susie. All right, the next announcement I have, yeah, so we're gonna do, I'm teaching you guys once again, we're gonna snake it all the way across and then across and then across, not section by section, because that way it reaches everybody. Third sheet of this, I have um, just a plain blank paper, and this is I have a need for. So if you have a need for something that we can help you with, um, please sign that. We are um, really targeting widows, people who've lost um, their loved ones, who live alone, who don't have anyone, their family around that can help. So, um, so um, yeah, please sign that. All right, thank you so much. Um, the next announcement I have is that um, Operation Christmas Child boxes are due within this week. So um, for sure by next Sunday, if you can have those here, um, there's a table kind of in the, uh, like the midsection back there where there's a bunch of boxes that are already ready to go. So if you're interested in doing an Operation Christmas Child box, you can come connect with me. Basically, it's a really cool way to pack a box with um, toys and stuff like that for uh, kids around the world, really. It's really cool. And so the youth group is doing boxes, and we've got a bunch of people that brought boxes. There are some cardboard boxes right here in the hallway if you want to take one of those. And then you can decide what age group of child that you would like to do a box for in addition to if you want to do a boy or a girl. And then, um, again, those also need to come with a $10 check for uh, shipping. But if you don't have that $10, have no fear. We'll take care of it for you. We'd rather you at least have the opportunity to give if you'd like. Um, also, the youth group did 10 boxes. Well, we were supposed to do 10 boxes, but we, for the four of us kids, well, I'm not a kid, but, you know, the four of us that were here on Tuesday night, we gathered around the candle, and we talked about service and stuff like that. So we didn't get to actually put the boxes together, but we are looking for some, like, wow gifts, maybe to go into those boxes. So maybe you just want to get, like, one cool gift to put in a box. Um, please connect with me. Let me know, and we can put those in the boxes and stuff, too. So, And then if there's anybody that's also willing to take those boxes down the hill, connect with me also. Just come see me. Everybody come talk to me. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> so that's Operation Christmas Child. And then, guys, this week we have an amazing opportunity to come together, listen to some amazing music from Kenny Anderson. Woo! 
He's got his album, um, Christians on the Loose, which sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and so that's going to be this Tuesday night and Thursday night. So there's an encore performance um, here at the church. It's also a fundraiser for the Illuminate Youth Group. So tickets, the suggested price is $15 to come as, as you know, to a way to give. But if, if the 15 yeah, just, just come. And if you want to donate a dollar or whatever, that works too. We're going to have the cafe open in the back. It's just going to be a sweet night of us hanging out, listening to great music, and fellowshipping with, with one another. So, again, that's 6.30 on Tuesday night, and again, 6.30 on Thursday night. So, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Also, Turkey Bowl. Woo! <laughs> For those of you that don't know, the youth group, we bowl with a frozen turkey every year. And then we have <laughs> and then we have our Thanksgiving dinner with the youth. And so, thank you, everybody, that's already signed up for stuff. I'm going to leave this in the back in the hallway for those that maybe still want to sign up for something. I am missing um, a turkey. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, <laughs> I mean, I could step in, but I don't want to get cooked. And so, <laughs> um, but uh, a turkey for the, for the youth to eat, some gravy, um, and I think some green beans. Some of the things that if you guys signed up and want to just bring it next Sunday for the things that you don't actually have to cook, you guys are welcome to bring that next Sunday as well. So, again, this will just be in the hallway for sign-ups. Um, is the 22nd, so Tuesday, November 22nd, and if you could bring the food by 6 p.m., because we're actually starting youth group early that night. We'll be bowling in the, the driveway here, <laughs> and then you can bring the food, and then, yeah, it'll just be a great time to hang out. Also, weirdly enough, I'm looking for grocery bags, because <laughs> we actually use, so if I know how many of you guys have a plethora of grocery bags that you're trying to get rid of? Awesome. Well, if you guys want to bring those grocery bags next week, too, we use those because um, the turkey sometimes gets loose <laughs> out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it gobbles around and <laughs> does its fun. Um, no, but we put the, the turkey in the bag so that they're not touching the nasty turkey, even though they still do. Anyways. All right, let's uh, let's take our tithes and offerings. <laughs> yes, we want to continue our time of worship. And just to kind of echo what we've been talking about this morning within worship and what Susie was talking about, like we serve an incredible God, right? Somebody who wants to, not somebody, but <laughs> the Lord, he is the I am, right? Who created everything but yet wants to have a relationship with us. And all he asks is us from us is to give back to him, and a measly 10% of what he's already given to us, in addition to our hearts and everything like that. But in our tithes and our offerings, it's a great opportunity to show God, hey, like, I trust in you. I love you, and I know that you've got me in the palm of your hand. And so we want to show that in our tithes and our offerings. It's one expression and one way that we can show that. Um, so let's go ahead and pray for that now. Father, we thank you that you are a good God, that you love your children. God, just as Pastor Rob spoke from your word saying that you know the numbers of hairs on our head, your thoughts about us outnumber the grains of sand. Father, I pray that you would give us hearts to not only take that to heart and to understand it and know it ourselves, but to tell the world about that as well. As we give into our tithes and our offerings and we further and expand your kingdom. God, give us eyes to see those that are lost, those that need to know you, that need to know that love and that care and that hope that only you can give. 
Father, help us to to be bold in our interactions with the people that we come across, especially in this hostile world. God, we trust you. We know that you've given us this great commission to make disciples and to tell people about who you are and what you did. So again, we just ask for your your Holy Spirit, your power, your boldness to do just that, Lord. We love you so much, and we give you all the praise. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, we have some special guests who are part of a ministry that you've all seen um, and you've heard of, but maybe never seen in person and actually seen one. They're kind of like elves. They, they kind of sneak around and do things without being noticed. You know, that's kind of strange to be saying, but who's ever been in a hotel room? Who's ever leaned over and opened a drawer and found a Bible there? And you said, who are these Gideons? Um, the Gideons are here with us this morning, but they do more than just, you know, sneak into hotel rooms and put Bibles in. Their, their ministry is, is, you know, so uh, immense, and they're reaching people in prisons and different things. And so we're going to invite the Gideons. They've come up from, I, I don't know if they're all from Lake Arrowhead, but some of you from Lake Arrowhead and different parts to share about the ministry and uh, give an opportunity to continue these secret elves. Amen. Amen. I don't know if they've ever been introduced that way, but come this morning and share share us what you guys do. And <laughs> Thanks for having us, Rob. That is an interesting introduction. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> so uh, I usually ask the question, how many people have heard of the Gideons before I start? But I saw a lot of hands go up. So and a lot of people have seen it in the hotels. Um, that's really all I knew about Gideon's. Uh, uh, like about a year ago uh, is when I uh, joined Gideon's, and um, it's an amazing ministry, uh, and I'll tell you some numbers here in a minute, because I was just amazed at how many Bibles have been passed out, um, and so uh, before I do that, though, a little bit about the Gideon's history is that they actually started as a traveling men's business association um, back in 1899. So it's been over 100 years that the Gideons has existed. They were started out at a different, as a different name, but it was a bunch of guys traveling around, businessmen, salespeople, and they had a lot of time on their hands. Imagine 100 years ago what travel was like, right? So rather than one of the popular options to hang out in the taverns, there was some guys that got together. They started studying the Bible together and thought, you know, this would be great to leave this for other people coming along, traveling businessmen behind us. And so that's how it got started and eventually became Gideon's International. What's amazing is that 2.5, about almost, 2.5 billion Bibles have been handed out by the Gideons. Now, when I first heard that, a guy came to our church about a year ago, and I was sitting there. I thought he said a million. But I found later it was a billion. I mean, that's more than a, a, a quarter of our, worst, our world's population right now. So I, I was fascinated by that. And I thought, wow, that's something that I think time is short. 
was what was running through my mind at that time. Time is short. I would love to help get involved in that, you know, ha be able to, you know, get the word out there because uh, we know what a difference it makes in people's lives. So um, after I heard that and I uh, started to become involved, um, one of the main verses that uh, really sticks out to me uh, was that from uh, Isaiah 55 uh, in verse 10 and 11. In verse 10, it starts out with uh, the, uh, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens. We can relate to that up here in the mountains, right? It stays on the ground and it waters the earth. In verse 11, uh, God says, it's the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. I love that. Always produces fruit. I had heard it many times in the past. It, it doesn't go out void, right? I like that expression, though, always produces fruit. I can have confidence that when, when these are given out, something happens with them. The second part of that, it says I accomplish all I want to with it, and it prospers wherever I send it. Isaiah 55, 10, 11. So we stand on that as we um, look at the craziness of the world that we're dealing with, that it's going to go out and do his purposes. So there's many ways that that um, happens. Um, up here in the mountains, uh, we have a monthly meeting. Uh, so you can come and enjoy a nice dinner and be able to uh, listen uh, to what's happening with Gideon's International. Um, in fact, there's the, the speaker on December 8th is a guy named Jim Zale, I think is how I say his last name, and he is the outreach chairman for China. You guys know, <laughs> if you have any idea what's happening in China, this should be a very interesting update for us to see what's going on. So that's on December 8th, and you know, uh, if you guys, if anyone has it on their heart to like start a group, um, you can have one even in your own area uh, that we can, you know, talk to you about how to get one started. But um, we have uh, the meeting December 8th, and um, we also uh, um, have, um, we, we covet your prayers for this ministry so that we can continue to distribute uh, Bibles to, the, to people that don't have them. I mean, they've gone throughout the world through missionaries, through hospitals, uh, through uh, uh, youth camps. Um, oh, the military. I did, I did know another story about the, uh, the, mili uh, the Gideons from hearing about a soldier having it in his pocket, right, and got hit by a bullet, and the Gideon Bible stopped the bullet. So I heard, I heard a few stories like that, but I've heard so many testimonies by uh, what's happened with the Bibles that are out there, and uh, one that I particularly like is a, a young man named Christopher Yuan. He happened to be walking through his uh, prison block near his cell, and on the top of the trash heap was a Gideon Bible. And this young man walked over there and picked it up. He brought it back to his cell. I understand his parents had given him many Bibles. He'd received them from other places, but he had never actually read it. This man's hard heart and the things he had been through began to melt as he, read, as he read the entire book of Mark. Changed his life. Now, this guy 
was a very successful gay drug dealer. And it took, in fact, he was so successful, it took 12 federal agents, two German shepherds, and the Atlanta Police Department to come arrest him and clean out his apartment. So this guy's melting heart was pretty amazing. He eventually, when he left prison in July of 2001, he uh, went to Moody Bible Institute and became a Bible instructor. And that's what he does today. In his own words, he went from prisoner to professor with the power of the Gideon Bible. The Bible, period. But specifically, as a Gideon Bible he picked up, they got thrown on top of the trash heap. So once again, God's word's going out and doing what he wants it to do. In fact, this guy, I just read the other day, Christopher Yuong, his mom, those praying moms, right, had prayed for years for him. If you, whatever it takes, Lord, have my son come to you. So <laughs> here he was. In fact, she was, the, the book, the, the book and the, and the movie, The War Room, she was the one that the book was dedicated to. Under her name, that was her son that she prayed for all those years. So amazing story about Christopher. And, you know, is, if the Holy Spirit's moving you to be involved in something like this, um, a year ago, uh, I was sitting in my church, and my wife and I, uh, Valerie, who's back here with me today, we were just kind of wrapping up like five years of being involved in Sunday school and another men's ministry. And I was, <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, uh, Lord, what, what would you like us to do next? And um, <laughs> a, a Gideon speaker came. And it caught my attention because I knew a nice guy that was involved with our, uh, the Christian school where my daughter went. And I thought, wow, that is, that is an amazing thing, even though I heard a million, not a billion, like you guys are, I'm B for a billion, I'm making sure you guys hear that, have been passed out, and uh, amazing testimony about that whole thing is that as I was considering it, you know how God kind of leads you and shows you his will through different avenues, I, I look for several different ways because I don't like to jump at the first thing because, you know, I, I tend to be a... Uh, <laughs> I tend to be maybe more enthused than the Lord is for something. But I was talking to a great friend of mine that same week in uh, Orange County. And he goes, oh, my friend James Manley. He goes, Dave, I came, to the, I came to the Lord through a Gideon Bible. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so he, he told me this story. And, and so I was just fascinated with that, that I could um, listen to what the Lord had to say and be involved in his word going out. I mean, you, we don't want to take from what you guys do as a, a local church. We want to partner with you. And we all have our time, treasure, and talents that are limited uh, with what we can do. Uh, but if you're able to pray for us, that'd be great. Um, we uh, handed out uh, an a, uh, uh, envelope that if you want to be able to donate to the Gideons, you can send in money to them. Um, and it would be great to be able to partner here in Big Bear to be able to have a group here that you guys could call your own. So if anyone is feeling motivated to do that, you know, make sure you let us know. So I'm going to wrap up. Rob actually gave me kind of a, a free leash here. So 
you know, I, I appreciate being able to add some stuff to what I usually say, Rob, but, and we really appreciate you letting us be able to come. But I'd like to be able to end with Matthew uh, chapter 9. Um, at the very end of it, we've done a great study through all the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and you kind of keep reading on, and Jesus is doing these just, I mean, amazing miracles. And, in fact, it's right after he calls Matthew to be his disciple. And he says in 9, 37 and 38, uh, he says to his disciples, the, the uh, harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, that he might send more workers into his fields. And so that's our prayer for you, Rob. That's our prayer for the Gideons. And I believe, um, why don't you come up, Rob, because I believe Randy wants to pray with you, and, and he's a prayer warrior. Come on, come on up, Randy. We'll pray with you, and so you can get back onto your track here with your sermon. All right. This is Randy. Oh, and by the way, we'll be in the back for anybody who has any questions at the end. Actually, I have a, a gift for your pastor, Pastor Rob. It's a it's a Bible. Uh, can open that. It's, it's a leather bound Bible, uh, uh, the New Testament and Psalms. Oh, and I, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> we. Uh, I wanted to say, and the other thing I wanted to say is thank you, uh, thank you for uh, allowing us to come in and uh, sharing uh, what we do. Uh, it's a it's a real blessing, and I got to tell you, I love your worship, because uh, uh, worshiping God, uh, there's nothing better. When you have the the joy of the Lord, which gives us strength, and worshiping Him, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, just to back up what David is saying, we're we are looking for men that uh, want to take the Bible to the ends of the earth. We're looking for a band of brothers uh, that want to come together, and we're not asking for anything other than your heart. If you have a heart that wants to see the Bible distributed to the darkest places of the earth, which is where the Gideons go. There is no place on earth that the Gideons don't go and get Bibles, everywhere. To see a child that has nothing handed, a New Testament, handed one of these, if that doesn't break your heart, it, it's just amazing the beauty of being able to give life everywhere on the planet. And uh, that's, what, that's what Gideons do. We put them... Here in the United States, you know us from the, from the hotels and stuff. But around the world, uh, even the United States, we put Bibles in virtually every prison and jail in this country has Gideon's Bibles in it for everyone. Um, that's what we do. Uh, we, we are an extension of the local church. Uh, we're your hands and feet uh, calling us. Uh, if you, we want to get the Bible out, and we're looking for uh, men that have that desire, that great desire uh, to go and... Uh, take the Bible and then personally testify salvation to the lost. And as a testimony, yesterday uh, we were doing a little um, coats handout, coats and jackets for kids. Cause coats cold, for Christ. Coats for Christ. It, it's getting cold. And this was in Crestline. David was there. Uh, I was there. And we were passing out the coats and stuff. We're also giving a Bible. And we had the opportunity, a father and son comes up, the son knows the Lord, the father doesn't. So we talked to him and, well, do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to know the Savior and be on the same page as your son? And he did. So we prayed with him right there on the street, boom, he's in the kingdom of God, received the Lord. That's, that's what we do. So we're going to be in the back. Uh, Fred, who's a president of our chapter up here, and David, myself, if you have any questions, 
and, and we do need your support uh, financially. Uh, as Gideons, we buy our own Bibles. We, if, you, if you see somebody passing one of these out, he paid for it himself. Okay, we pay for all our own Bibles, and we pass out. Um, but the Bibles that for overseas, uh, we need your help. We need you to, whatever you can give towards that, if you give anything towards that, that Bible, what you're giving is putting a, placing a Bible, one of these in the hands of somebody that needs it in a, a tough place. Thanks again, Pastor. Let's pray for him. Yeah. Father God, I just, I just thank you for Pastor Rob. Thank you for this, uh, t- this wonderful time in this blessed ministry. I pray that you would just let it overflow. Uh, the, the joy and the, lo- the love that you put in his heart for the lost, it, to, to bring a body together. I just pray a special anointing on him now and ask you to just give him a new word, uh, a, a new kick in his step, Father, and a, a new uh, a regeneration. Thank you, that, uh, we have dark times coming, mm-hmm. but they're nothing to you. You laugh at the darkness, Father. You laugh at it. I pray you just give, Rob, give him that strength and give him that boldness and courage in Jesus' name. If I'm correct with Gideon's army, there's just two prerequisites to be involved. You have to want to do it. You don't want to go home. And second is they're going to see how you drink water. (laughs) And if you are wondering what I'm talking about, go read your Bible and find out about Gideon's army. Amen? It's going to make you look it up. That's it. Amen. Real quick question. How much does a Bible cost that goes into a, let's say, a hotel room? Okay. So that, that's an idea. It's like you can put, you know, for $100, you could put 20 Bibles uh, in, in hotels, prisons, things like that. For $1.60, for 1600 you could put, um, you know, what is that, 1,000 Bibles. If you, if you have $1,600 you want to give, <laughs> then you, you can do that. Um, and uh, at the end, we'll just have one of the ushers at the, at the back with a, a bag. And, um, and if you want to give, whatever goes into that bag at the, at the back <coughs> will be, uh, go to the Gideons as we take an offering for them on your way out. So, um, amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Bless our time in continued time in the in the Word and in, in the ministry this morning. Open up our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we are all sinners, right? We hear this um, a lot in the church. We hear it when we're talking to Christians, other Christians. We hear it when uh, someone tries to help us feel better after we've messed up. Uh, when we when we when we mess up, people say, you know, well, we're all sinners. We're all human. Um, we hear it when someone is trying to excuse their own errors and shortcomings. Hey, uh, we're all sinners. I'm only human. Um, and it's and it sounds biblical. But is it we're all sinners? It's true that the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right. Um, the Bible says that no one is righteous, no, not 
one, but what about the idea that we are, as believers, all sinners? First um, Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 uh, put, puts a list of, of numerous groups of sinners. I want to read that this morning as we go on. We're, last week, we we're in 12. We're going to jump back a couple of verses. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That's a very, very big, powerful, huge statement. And really, you think, well, what hope do we have? Because I used to do some of those things. That was me. And this is telling us that those people won't inherit the kingdom of God. But going on to uh, verse 11, he makes this huge statement after listing off um, these groups, a number of groups who practice immoral and sinful behavior. Paul says this, and such, in verse 11, and such were some of you. He makes a statement, says, these types of people, swindlers and and idolaters and adulterers and homosexual offenders, these types of people will not inherit the kingdom of God, but goes on immediately to say, and that was some of you. You used to be that, in other words. You used to be that. But it goes on and says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Wait, that was some of us. He goes on to say that we were, you know, we were, we're cleaned, we're different, we're, we're justified. We no longer identify with those behaviors. Uh, we as Christians, remember he's writing, the Apostle Paul's writing to Christians in this. Um, we shouldn't identify with behaviors like that. We shouldn't practice such behavior. It even said those who practice homosexuality. Why? Because Christ did a work. He actually did something in us. He justified us. He sanctified us. He redeemed us from death and from sin. How can you continue to live practicing behavior that he sacrificed himself for? See, when Jesus went to the cross, he did it not just so that we could go to heaven. He did it to break the chains of darkness in our lives. And, and when we become a believer, we step out of that idea that we are sinners. We're not supposed to identify with being a sinner. We're supposed to identify with being a saint. Do we sin? Absolutely. Absolutely. As believers, you will never be sinless until you get to heaven. You will never be sinless, but as a believer, you can sin less. Okay? So we are, are being, we've been changed, we've been justified, we've been redeemed. So why are we practicing such things? We shouldn't be practicing any of these types of behaviors because Christ actually died to set us free so that we didn't have to. The scriptures even teach us that we were in bondage, we were slaves, it says. We were slaves to sin. But it goes on to say that you are a slave to righteousness. You must obey your new master. I must obey. We, 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 we've been changed, and we need to be changing our, our outlook. Now, now we've got a, a few people in here that were retired, and, and so uh, I, I'll just say this. So what do you do, Joe? Yep. 
Nothing. <laughs> did you used to do? Did you used to have a career? I used to. Yeah. Okay. If somebody says, "Hey, what do you do?" What would you say? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Steve, what about you? What do you do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I've I've listened to some of the conversations. Sometimes you guys say things like this. Oh, I used to work for the railroad. I I used to I used to be in the in the glass industry. I used to I did. Very few people that are retired, if you say, hey, what do you do? Let's say you retired from being a doctor or a carpenter or anything else. You don't say, I'm a carpenter. You actually say, I used to be a carpenter. Right now, I do nothing. Or, you know, I'm doing other things. Why do you say that? Because what used to identify you, you retired from. You don't say that you still do that because you, even though... Um, you might tinker around with the profession that you used to have. People who are in construction, a carpenter, for instance, they might still tinker around and build things, but they actually usually don't say, I'm a carpenter still, because they are really not doing it all the time. Why should we identify with saying, I'm a sinner? We don't want to connect ourselves to that idea because you've been set free. Now, you can say, I used to, and fill in the blank. It's a great testimony to let people know, you, you know what I used to do? This is what I used to do. Well, what changed? I retired. <laughs> Christ came and set me free, and I don't have to do that. And, and then you can say, and now I do nothing. <laughs> well, what do you mean? I don't do that anymore. Isn't that awesome? See, what, what you're saying is, Christ has done something in my life. I don't want to engage in that anymore. I don't want to identify with, with that anymore. I want to identify that I'm a new creation, that I've been set free. You mean you never go to the garage and build anything anymore? You mean you never go back and sin again? Oh, no, I, I didn't say that. You know, yeah, I do. Sometimes I find myself doing the things that I wish I didn't do. And it grieves me because Christ came and set me free from that. He, he actually paid a price for a debt that he didn't owe so that I could receive a gift that I don't deserve. He did something for us, and we get the benefit. Why would we want to go back and say, you know, I know that you set me free from that, but I'm going to go ahead and go do that anyways. Well, I, I'm just human. I'm just a sinner. I, I have to. In fact, sometimes as, as believers, we, we identify so much with being a sinner that it's almost this excuse to justify that, well, I'm really just a sinner, and, and I'm, as I'm, ba I'm backing into the world again. I'm, that's just who I am, and who can... Who can really help it? The Bible teaches us that he set us free and that we no longer have to be a slave to unrighteousness. One of the things that changed before you were Christian, you really barely, you didn't even have a choice. The Bible says you were a slave. You find yourself doing things and it was just the normal part. As Christ has come, if you're a believer this morning, he set you free so that you can actually say no to ungodliness. Scripture says that he's teaching us to say no to ungodliness. One of the words that, that Paul uses in, in numerous places is that you flee 
youthful lusts. You run away. Romans 3, 23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that, that, that there's this goal, there is this thing that says, this is what you have to live up to in order to get to heaven. And it's perfection. If you want to get there on your own, you have to be perfect. I've never even had a perfect night of sleep. let alone when I'm awake. This, you know, and I'm not tall enough. I, you know, <laughs> we should get Bruce up here so he could put up his hand. Um, to, to, to get it really high, this is the standard. And I, if that's the standard, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We can't reach it. We can't do it. But God, in, in Romans 5, 8, says that he showed his love for us that while we were sinners, he died for us. Because somebody had to pay the price for our sin so that we could be forgiven. And the, the, the words that Paul uses in, in 1 Corinthians 6 are, are so wonderful. They were, we were washed. Now, I've talked to many people um, who literally said, I, they told me this word, I felt dirty. And you know, it's such a strange thing. To say that, really. I felt dirty. What does that mean? I've known people who, after they've engaged in some uh, behavior and in some things, they've gone home and taken a shower because they felt dirty. There's something that happened. It's, it's happening even on the inside of us, but we know that something's wrong. We're dirty. And, but the Bible says he's washed us. But he didn't wash us on the outside. He washed us on the inside. He actually cleansed our heart. So when I talk to people uh, about the goodness of God and things, I, I hear this a lot, and I hear people say, you know, I, I just, I don't deserve that. Or have you ever done something really nice for somebody, and they said, why did you do that for me? I don't deserve that. Stop being so nice. I don't deserve that. God doesn't do what he does for us because you deserve it. He does it because he loves you. And he sees you through eyes of, of forgiveness, through the eyes of Jesus. Now, if you have a child, you know what I'm talking about. Because only a parent can look at a child, especially a grown adult who's maybe making some mistakes. If you've got a child who's now a grown-up and maybe is doing some things that really are, are sad, you have this crazy thing that happens to you. You look at them and you see this little two-year-old running around. And you go, no, I, I look at you with different eyes. You might be one of these people who's experienced where your kid says, Mom, Dad, why do, you, why do you love me like this? I don't deserve that. And you're like, you're my child. I don't see you like that. I love you so much. I've, I've heard parents, my mom used to say this to me, you could never do anything. You could never do anything that would cause me to stop loving you. Now, that doesn't mean that, that she liked all the things that her children did. 
as a parent, when you say that to your child, it's not that you like, and I love the fact that you fill in the blanks or are doing drugs or hurting people or, or, or whatever. That's, that's not what it is. It's that you see them differently. Christ sees you. God sees you through the eyes of Christ, through the eyes of forgiveness in the way that he created you to be. Sin came in to the world and it marred it, but he can see past that. He says, I'm going to die for you so that you can be different, so you can be set free, not just be better. We struggle with that being better thing all the time. You know, you, you many of you in here this morning go, I just want to be better. If your child went up to you and says, Mom, Dad, I just want to be better, you'd be like, don't, just be free. You know, don't try to just work so hard and be better. It just sounds like there's such bondage under that. But I want you to be free. I want you to have life. I want you to have joy. I want you to walk in the things that are good for you. This is... If, if this is something that we begin to do, how much more God, he wants the best for you. And he knows that sin ultimately leads to death. Sin leads us to places that are bad for us, that, that take us away because of guilt and condemnation. And we become dirty, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were set apart for, for good things, for glory. You were justified, and, and even though it's, it, it's maybe not the perfect biblical definition of justified, I love the justified. Well, what is justified? When you're justified, it's justified, never sinned. When Christ forgives you, you can say, it's just if I'd never sinned in the first place. That's justified. Really? Uh-huh. Have you ever heard the word expunge? You, you get a, a record and your record is expunged. I know people who've, who've gone and they've fought because uh, they had a criminal case against them and they, they didn't just, you know, they wanted it totally off their record. And, and sometimes people have been able to get their record expunged. That means it's wiped clean. It doesn't exist anymore. That's what happens with us in Christ. When we come to Him in truth and, and true repentance, He removes our sin as far as the east is from the west, he justifies us, washes us, redeems us, cleanses us. I remember many years ago, um, there was a, I, I, I struggled with a sin and it would cut, creep back into my life. You know, too often it would come and, and it was a struggle. And I was just having such a hard time wrestling it to the ground. And I remember one time in prayer, I says, God, I'm so sorry. I did it again. And I heard his voice one of the few times I've heard the voice of God. And he says, did what again? He was telling me, he says, I choose to remember your sin no more. You need to forget it too. Don't be deceived. That, that phrase in the Greek is really a harsh statement um, by no means let it not happen is is another way of saying that 
the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And you go, but that's, those are some of the things that I do. But you don't need to identify with that sin. You don't need to practice that sin. That sin shouldn't be something that you're engaging in on a regular basis. We need to begin to step into freedom and say, that's not me. Now, I don't want to just say that you can just say, that's not me, if that's you. Because I don't know your heart. I don't know what's going on. But if you've been set free, if you've been saved, you are not that anymore. Now, if, if, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then you really do identify as a sinner. You are still there. But it's so amazingly simple to receive Christ as your Savior. It's not easy, though, but it's simple. Some things are very simple, but they're hard to do. Shannon and I were having this conversation about the, the, this, this, just the idea of simple and, and, and easy and, and I said, well, it's, you know, the example is great. It's really actually simple to lose weight. And some of you are going, no, it's not. Actually, it's really simple. 3,500 calories make a pound of weight loss. And, and when you need to burn, burn calories, you either need to consume 3,500 calories less than you do on a normal week or burn 3,500 calories more than you do on a, on a normal week to lose a pound. That's simple. It's so simple. Let's all go out and do it. Like, oh, man. Yeah, that sounds simple, but it's not easy. Why? Because you got to stop drinking the latte, and you got to stop eating the cupcake, and you got to get up and walk around the block, and you got to do some things. And that's hard. It's hard in the winter. You know, it's hard because I like food, whatever it is. But it's really simple. When you come to Christ, it's really simple. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Turn from your sins. Make Jesus your Lord. Well, I can confess. That's, I, can conf I can say it. But the believing part and then my actions to make Jesus the Lord is, is difficult. That's really where it becomes not easy. We're going through the new members class in this last week. We just really talked about salvation because in order to be a member of the Journey Church, you've got to be saved. You can attend here forever and we'll love you. Um, but if you want to be a member, you have to be saved. So we spent the whole, really the whole night talking about salvation and baptism. And, and it comes down simply to this, that having Jesus as your Lord is that you're saying, you're the boss, I'm, no, I'm not the boss anymore. <coughs> The problem is, is we all want to be the boss of our own life. We really do. We, we, I, I say this all the time. It's my little line. We all want to be Frank Sinatra. And even as believers, we struggle with this all the time. And, and I, I am looking around, and I'm seeing that there's a lot of people who want Jesus as their Savior. They don't want to go to hell. They might even like church. They want Jesus as their Savior, but they don't want Jesus as their Lord. 
And, and he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. That's the one that's, that's hard. God, you're the boss. Except in this area. It's simple to, to be saved, but it's not necessarily easy. But I want to encourage you, if you've never done this or struggling, to do it. God, I surrender. Now, that doesn't mean you won't ever pick yourself back up again. I've been saved a long time, and a lot of times in my life, I pick myself back up and I put myself right back in the driver's seat and say, hey, today, God, we're doing it my way. Doesn't go well. And then I have to repent again and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm, I keep finding that I'm, I, I'm doing this. I find myself, as in, in Paul did in, in Romans ch uh, chapter 7, it's a great, great little chapter. He's talking about the law of sin. In chapter 8, the life in the Spirit. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand, for I delight, starting in verse 21, 22, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul struggled with it. The things I want to do, he says, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. This is something we still struggle with, but the, the idea is that we're in a process. Sanctification really is a process that, that starts and doesn't fully happen until we're in heaven, that we're, 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 we're growing in things and we're being set free. I really wish it was just one day you just came to Christ, you said a nice little simple prayer, and poof, everything was better. But it doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. In 1 John, it says if we have to walk in the light. If we walk in light, he sees in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us from all sin. Even in 1 John, let's, let's go to 1 John if you've got your Bible here. I want to read a couple of these scriptures. First John chapter 1. When I say we are not sinners, I'm talking about relating with that lifestyle and, and going back to that. I'm not saying that we don't sin. And, and First John really points it out well. Starting in verse 5, it says, This is the message we've heard from Him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. We start with that God is perfect. There is no darkness in Him. We didn't get darkness from God. If we say that we have fellowship with God, with Him, while we walk in the darkness, we're lying and not practicing the truth. The word walking is, is a sign of a symbol of doing life continually, repetitively. If we are walking in darkness, we lie and don't practice truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we've no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth isn't in us. So, so I'm not saying that you go, I don't have any sin. W that would be ludicrous. We, you know, it's, it's only 11.06. 
And we could probably all say, yeah, already this morning, you know, I could tell you some of the things I've done, my anger or greed or, or whatever. It, it's, it, we recognize it. But if we confess our sins, verse 9, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. But I love verse 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. He forgives our sins and He cleanses us from all righteousness. That is what some of you were. Such were some of you. If you put a title in my message, that would be it. Such were some of you. God has called you out of the darkness and He's put you on a path and He's put you in the light. Just don't have fellowship with darkness anymore. That's, that's not the way I created you. I paid a price for you. I, there's, a, there's a movie, I talked about this on Wednesday. There's a movie that's a powerful, powerful move, uh, movie, uh, really appropriate for Veterans Day, Saving Private Ryan. And if you've never seen it, if, if you can handle a war movie, it's a powerful movie. There is a lot of language in it. I'm just going to tell you ahead in case you like you. There's a lot of language in it. But when you see the movie, I just kind of feel like people in that kind of situation aren't saying, gosh, golly, darn. Okay, <laughs> so there's some language. And it's, there's blood, it's a very hard movie to watch. So I'm going to give you synopsis. They're trying to save this Private Ryan whose brothers have all been killed in World War II. I think it was four brothers. And, and they found out you know, on the same day, the mother was going to get letters from three of her children that three of the four have died, and Private Ryan's the only one left alive, they think, and he's way behind. He's, he's way in there. So they send this troop to go get him just so that mom doesn't lose all four kids in one day. The whole movie is them trying to find this guy, and you know it's, it's really hard. There's, there's no communications. They're going from troop to troop, and it's, it's really tough. They finally find him, and uh, uh, Ryan is played by uh, Matt Damon in the movie, and they, they find him, and his platoon is trying to save a bridge so that the Germans don't overtake it, because if they overtake it, they, if they're going to have an inroad in and so this is their job and he says I'm not leaving my family I'm not leaving my platoon they need me look at us we don't have enough we've got to keep them away and and this the people came to him like no you've got to go we were sent here by the president this is something you have to he says I'm not going so they stay and they defend the bridge with with Ryan and his platoon and it's and it's tough it's bad it's horrible and the platoon that has come to save Ryan, they're all dying. And Tom Hanks is, is the captain. And, and, and there's this powerful scene. Tom Hanks, who you just love in the movie, he's, you know, he's shot and he is dying. And he's, he actually wouldn't let Private Ryan go anywhere. He says, you're with me this whole time. And, and now Tom Hanks, he's dying. The captain's dying. And he looks at Private Ryan and he says, earn it. Earn this. Earn this. What do you mean, earn this? It's already done. How do you earn something that was already done? The end of the movie, you see an old Private Ryan in the graveyard looking at the, the people who died for him. 
and he falls on his knees. And through tears, he asks his wife, tell me I'm a good man. Tell me I've done good. Why? Because he wanted to earn it. But he didn't earn it in advance. He lived up to it. That's what he's saying. The sacrifice that we've made, live up to that. I think that's what Christ is saying. I have done all the work. Just live up to what I've done for you. You can't earn it. But don't disregard it. Don't do it your way. How could I possibly go back to the way I used to live? It says if you go back to sin, then there's no sacrifice for sins left. Not being perfect, but turning away, walking towards the light. God, for the sacrifice you made, I don't want to take it lightly. I can never be good enough to make it to heaven, but I don't want to treat what you did with disdain just to spend my life on myself. That's what some of us were. Idolaters, adulterers, thieves, greedy, but we're not anymore. We've been set free. We don't identify with that. If, if, if you are here this morning going, I just, I'm, I'm such a sinner, I, I encourage you to, to begin to stop identifying with that and say, no, I'm a, I'm a believer in Christ. I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. He loves me. He knows my, my future. I'm going to, with everything that I can, the Bible even talks about is straining every nerve. I'm going to press forward to, to what God has for me, to the high calling of Christ. I'm, I'm leaving it behind. It's a wonderful place. But we were washed, sanctified, justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The next section, Mickey talked about it last week, that's where we flee those other things. Just, I don't want to be a part of that anymore, God. Many of you have already thinking of probably movies and, and scenes where somebody was rescued out of the, the, the pit of drugs or the streets and, and the fight of them going back and maybe they, they go back and then they, they realize and they come back out. Let's not go back. It says as, as a dog returns to his vomit, so does a fool to his folly. Let's not go back. Walk away. When you fall, God forgive me. And get back up. Because you're cleansed. You're sanctified. You're justified. Let's close in prayer. You bow your heads. Do business with God right now. Right where you're sitting. If you're in here this morning and you've never made that initial commitment to Christ. Maybe you've wanted to go to heaven and you play the church thing and you do the Christianity thing. But you've actually... Never said, I need you to be my Lord, the boss. I, I need to really be forgiven of my sins. Today's the day. If, if you've been struggling with a, 
with a sin, you, you're saved, but there's something that you find yourself continually going back for. You know, pray for strength to walk away. You're going to need to do some hard work. You're going to need to get some people to help you be accountable and to stop going back to the, to the mud. But for all of us, we need to know this morning that anyone who's in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new is come. He reconciled the world to himself, not counting our trespasses against us. Heavenly Father, this morning, Throughout this room, there's people that are crying out to you, forgive me. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. Forgive me of my sins. I want you to be the Lord. And I know it's not an easy task. God, help me to learn to die to self and trust you and follow you. And others are praying, God, give me a proper view of myself and you that I am forgiven, justified, washed, clean. That when you see me, you don't see my sin. You see your son, Jesus. You see glory because the son of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. God, help us to have the courage to step away from the things that are pulling us down. Help us to have the courage to seek help. Addiction is something hard to break. Help us to find the help. You've set us free, but we are tempted and lured back again and again. Help us. Thank you for the sacrifice. Help us to live up to this, to earn this, what you already did, and let us never disregard it, disdain it, dismiss it. Fill us today with your spirit, and we thank you that we are not sinners. We were. But we are saved by grace, through faith, new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. Help us to walk in that, in Jesus' name. Anyone said, amen. 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 Hey, I want to, God bless you all. If, if you are a uh, usher or a Sunday school teacher, we, we have leadership meetings, second and fourth Sunday. I'd like to take 10 minutes just 10 minutes with the ushers and any, any um, kids' own workers next door. And uh, so um, give about five minutes to visit real quick, and, and we'll do that. If you can stay for 10 minutes, that's it. Joe's in the back. Please leave an offering for the Gideons. Continue that work, and, and uh, go, go talk to them, get some stories from these, these great guys. Hola. Bueno.